everyone, and welcome to Wet Hot American Moon Juice, the NaNoWriMo podcast with a silly name. I'm Wham James, whether I like it or not, and today we're talking to Aaron King. Aaron, welcome to the show. Hello, I am legally liable for all of this. That's very true. That's true, whether you like it or not. It's quite unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> so in these episodes, we've been talking to our five authors mm-hmm. about their process and kind of what they're preparing in the weeks leading up to November beginning. Yes. So I guess my first question is, what are you planning on working on this month? I am writing the second book in a planned trilogy. I wrote the first one, Last NaNoWriMo. This will be book two, which is about the best friend of the female protagonist from the first book. Oh, very cool. Okay, cool. So it's a a romance? Yes, it is a romance. So the first book was about these two characters, Nola and Roger. The second book is about Nola's best friend slash college roommate, Danny, who moves from Texas to the small town in North Carolina that I created for the purposes of the stories with her young son following her divorce. Okay. And ends up meeting a guy that she hits it off with only to discover that he is her child's teacher. Well, that sounds delightful. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I feel like your romances have plots that I want to read, but I also want to see adapted to movies. Well, thank you. (laughs) That's like the highest praise that I could ask for as a romantic comedy writer. (laughs) Let me ask you this. This is off script. If Hallmark approached you Mm -hmm. and said, okay, we want to turn the first book, which is called... Oh, the first book does not have a title. I'm bad at titles. I'm really hoping somebody else helps me with that. That's a long title, but I think that they could work with it. Let's just call it I'm bad at titles. <laughs> That's just, Honestly, just, it's better than any title I've come <laughs> up with so far. So Let's say Hallmark comes to you and says, hey, we want to adapt I'm bad at titles into a Hallmark movie. Uh-huh. Are you saying... Yes, absolutely. Let me see what you can do with it. Or I want to hold out for a better offer. Uh, Probably the last one. I'm not entirely opposed, but Hallmark tends to do closed door romance. Okay. And I don't. Right. And I don't think that you necessarily need to not be closed door, but I don't love Hallmark movies. That's specifically why I asked. So here's my thing about Hallmark movies. I don't have a problem with them. Right. They're fine. They they are what they are unapologetically, and I appreciate that about them. But every time I watch one, I find myself not excited to watch it and a little annoyed that I'm watching it. But I always end up enjoying it more than I think I will. Okay. I'm specifically thinking about like the Christmas ones. Yes, of course. But I'm a grumpy Scrooge curmudgeon who has a weird thing about Christmas movies. Yeah. I mean, my favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard, if that tells you anything about... I know you know that. I think it tells us a lot. I think it tells you a lot about how I feel about Christmas. My other favorite Christmas movie, Nightmare Before Christmas. Fair point. Fair point. I have a follow-up question to that question. Okay. Pornhub Mm -hmm. comes to you and says, we want to adapt... I'm bad at titles into, I think the first Pornhub original, they want to get into original on-demand content, like a Pornhub studio. Okay. This will not be a closed door romance. Sure. (laughs) However, some elements of non-fucking will be lost. I would be more inclined to sell to Hallmark. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Because I have some characters that I am quite fond of, and I would like them to continue to exist. Nola, the main character, has a younger brother. So she is 30. Her brother is 16 or 17. Mm -hmm. I can't remember exactly how old I have him. He's a junior in high school. Okay. The time that book one takes place. I don't know that I am comfortable with Jeremy existing in the Pornhub version of 
I'm bad at titles, but Jeremy is my favorite character in the book, so I'm not going to sell to anybody who's going to write him out. Okay, good point. Also, like, I mean, I write open-door sex scenes just because that's what I like to read. Right. It's not... And I want to be very clear that my question was not, so you write porn. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) Right, right. It was basically trying to to go to the other extreme. Sure, sure. I think that there is a happy medium where it's an Amazon Prime or Netflix type of thing where it's your typical romantic comedy, but, you know, maybe there are boobs. When I thought of another question, I thought HBO. I was like, James, in what world is Aaron going to be like, nah. No, HBO would be great. So I was like, because I was thinking, okay, so we, we we don't want closed door romance. What would be an open door romance? So I was like, HBO. And I was like, no, hit it up to the next 50 levels up and go to like completely open everything. That was where that question was. I hope you understand that I don't think that romance and porn are the same thing. No, no, no. Specifically, when I said closed door romance, you were like, well, what's the opposite of that? Right, that exactly. is the, the opposite. <laughs> the opposite of don't show the fucking is show all of the fucking. Right. Only show the fucking. Only show the fucking. Yeah. No, I mean, I I like to think that what I write can stand alone without the sex being a okay. part of it. But I do think that I feel like there's a cheese factor to Hallmark that I don't think that what I write has. I think right. that there's some intimacy that I write that is shown through some of the more hot and heavy scenes as opposed to just the exchanging a look over the bakery counter. Right. Which I feel like happens in every Hallmark movie that right. I've seen. But again, I've mostly watched Hallmark Christmas movies. So right. there will be a bakery counter because I'm pretty sure if you're in a Hallmark Christmas movie, you have to be a baker. How else are you going to get Christmas cookies, honestly? Yeah. And pie. Right. How do you prepare for NaNoWriMo in the weeks leading up to it? (laughs) So the first time I did NaNoWriMo, I went in with a vague sense of maybe I'll like modernize Jane Eyre. Okay. I wrote 50,000 words. Okay. That that's all. Okay. It, it was in no way Jane Eyre or anything approaching Jane Eyre or remotely tangential to Jane Eyre. I think I named a character Charlotte in honor of Charlotte Bronte, and that's as close to Jane Eyre as we got. Also, I think I changed her name to Katie later. Mm, was she a Brontosaurus? No, she was not. Okay, so my first NaNoWriMo didn't go great. That manuscript is lost into the ether. I deleted it on December 1st. It was very, very bad. I validated and got my winner certificate and then got rid of it. Okay. And then it was a few years later before I tried again. And again, I went in with absolutely no real plan except a vague sense of what the plot might be. And again, I got 50,000 words that will probably never see the light of day. Last year, when Mm -hmm. I wrote I'm Bad at Titles, that was a plot that I had been kicking around in my head for probably a good five or six years. And so I kind of had an idea already going in of what it was going to be. And so I'd already written in my head the opening scene many times over. So I just kind of started there and then I skipped around a lot and wrote kind of whatever I felt like writing, which meant that going into revisions, I had to stitch it together and write all the stuff that goes in between that wasn't the fun stuff that I wanted to be writing. Right, exactly. Driving scenes. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So this year, my plan Mm -hmm. is to go in with an actual outline. Okay. Sort of. So there's this book called Romancing the Beat, which I know I've talked to you about, but Uh I... Perhaps our listeners have not heard of this. So it's basically... Who is it by? It is by Gwen Hayes. And the subtitle is Story Structure for Romance Novels, How to Write Kissing Books. Okay. And basically romance is a really formulaic genre. Right. That you can pretty much plot out an entire romance novel beat by beat just following the same formula. I think I got my copy of Romancing the Beat during last year's NaNoWriMo. 
Is it weird that I think that that's correct? I, I feel like I can corroborate that. I probably told you about yeah. it at the time, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I had already started, and so I was trying to kind of shoehorn this around. I, that's not what a shoehorn does, but I was right. trying to fit this beat structure around what I already had, and it helped me get to the end. Right. But I'd already started, so there were many of those 50,000 words that got thrown right out the window like they're just in a trash file somewhere because right. they're never going to be useful to me. But so this year, my plan, I have gone through Romancing the Beat. I've created a Romancing the Beat outline with all of the major key beats of Danny and Theo's romance. So I have that. There's a book called Take Off Your Pants. So in the writing world, we have plotters and we have pantsers. Right. Okay. So I there's, know that. there's the, the plotters are the people who actually plot the book out ahead of time. The pantsers are the one who fly by the seat of their pants. Oh. So this book is called Take Off Your Pants because it's basically like, so you're a pantser. You want to not be? Here's how. Okay. And so that book, it's basically like how to write an outline. Okay. For the story that you want to tell by coming up with the different pieces and then kind of puzzle piecing them together. Okay. And so she has, you know, like five questions that you answer and then some sub questions for those and sub questions for those. And so eventually at the end of it, you've got a rough outline of who are your characters? What happens during this book? Who's the antagonist? How are they the antagonist and so forth? So I sat down with that and I wrote out as best I could. That's by Libby Hawker. I yes, believe. Libby Hawker. Thank yep. you. And so I sat down with that book and I tried to write out an outline and then very quickly abandoned it because Romancing the Beat works much better for romance novels. Oh, okay. So Take Off Your Pants is about anything. Yeah. Project. Take okay. Off Your Pants is great if you're not writing a specific genre. Like it, it would probably work great for a thriller, Okay. which is also a formulaic genre to an extent. Sure. But I feel like it fits into more of a normal story structure formula right. as opposed to romance where you have two protagonists who have their own individual story arcs that are braided into this larger romance arc. Right. So in a way, romance novels are a lot more complicated mm -hmm. because you have to think about all of those different pieces, even though according to Romancing the Beat, it's really easy to churn one out because it's got to hit all of the same beats no matter what your story is. Do you feel like every beat in Romancing the Beat is required? No. So that was actually something that I talked to. My friend Mika Usher is currently writing her fifth book. And she and I were talking about this recently when I was picking her brain, trying to come up with my outline for I'm Still Bad at Titles, which is what I'm going to be calling the sequel. this, yeah. Yeah, this uh -huh. year's NaNoWriMo book. She had said, she's like, you know, for book four, which is called Make a Move, she's like, you know, I didn't hit all of the beats. Right. And it was fine. Like there are a couple different times where Gwen Hayes suggests that you hit your characters no ways. Like the why can't they be together? Okay. Because I mean the whole thing about a romance novel is you have these two characters who are clearly into each other but for whatever reason can't be together. Right. Until they can and then they are and then they have to break up so that they can get back together. Right. Is the structure of the romance part right. of a romance novel. And you don't necessarily need to hit the no ways multiple times. I think as long as you pepper in throughout the rest of the story that these characters probably shouldn't be boning because he's her kid's teacher. Right. There's probably some ethical gray area right. there. I think, I think as long as you kind of pepper that in throughout conversations with other characters and inner monologue and stuff, just to make sure that everybody, including the reader, knows these characters know that they shouldn't be boning. Right. That's why they're not doing it yet. They really want to, but they're not doing it yet. So I, I think it's possible to 
skip specific beats and have it still be fine. As long as you hit all of the important points, you don't necessarily need to beat a dead horse. Right. To use a cliche. But also the word beat. So it makes it okay. Oh, yeah. See, that's that's why I did it. Um, it was definitely not because I'm saving up all of my good writing for November. And so I'm just relying on cliches for the next couple weeks until NaNoWriMo starts. That's a lie. NaNoWriMo is half about just throwing in as many cliches as you can because you want that word count. Last year, I did write an entire chapter that was just her going grocery shopping because I needed to. I basically just copied and pasted my actual grocery list because I needed the word count. Yeah. And then Roger went to Pan- a bread company and brought back one of every kind of bagel and I listed all of them. Nice. Because again, I needed the words. Interesting. I guess by way of wrapping up, I think that the formulaic nature of such a complicated thing, I think cancels itself out. Mm -hmm. And so what it really comes down to, as it does with any writing really, is what you're going to bring to the page. You are using this as a guide Yeah. But it seems to me like if it was going to be the beats of, like we said, like a thriller or like a a slasher film or whatever, like, you know, other genre sort of things that aren't necessarily so complicated and have maybe one protagonist and one antagonist and stuff like that, it would be a lot more like, well, this is so formulaic. Anyone could have written this. But because there's a complication to it, it's almost like you need the beats as like a template for you to sort of pour your unique writing style into. No one's going to be like, this is so formulaic because it's going to be you. Yeah, that's the hope. Yeah. I mean, I I think that if you read a lot of romance, it does like I'm at the point now where now that I've read Romancing the Beat, I can't read a romance novel without identifying the beats as I read. Right. Which is kind of annoying. (laughs) But see, that's what I'm saying. So what it comes down to is the beats actually start to matter less once you know that they're there. And it starts to matter more about the skill of the writer. Yes. Yes. Because if because like you can make a I mean, like I'm hesitant to even bring George Lucas up, but like Star Wars had a very formulaic structure. Yeah, yeah. It's the hero's journey. Right structure. Right, exactly. But he made it novel with his own authorial whatever. Sure, absolutely. He put his own wet hot American moon juice into it. Mm-hmm. That sounds real gross. <laughs> Though not inaccurate. Also true. <laughs> That's all I'm saying is that I feel like even knowing the structure will only make what the author is bringing to it all the more important. That's that's the hope. Yeah. And hopefully I do a good job. I am sure that you're going to do a good job. I mean, I'm determined to get 50,000 words, even if it is mostly bagel toppings. And if that's what you come up with, that's what you come up with. You know what? I have deleted all of those bagel toppings from the manuscript that I did last year. Right. I'm still over 50,000 words. It turns out I didn't need to write out grocery lists. The bagel toppings were within you all along. They were. The real the real bagel <laughs> toppings were the friends that I made along the way. I think that that's true. And I think that's a good place to wrap. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> that sentence right there might kind of encompass this entire <laughs> ridiculous podcast. And thank you so much for talking with me about how you're going to get going and sort of what you're bringing to me personally as like a non-NaNoWriMo person uh-huh. what feels like the equivalent of like an Iron Man competition. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't not feel like that to those of us who've done it. (laughs) So it feels wild to attempt, but I'm confident that you're going to do great. And thank you so much for talking to me. Is there anything that I didn't cover that you wanted to cover before we head out of here? No, I I feel like we kind of touched on everything. I think that as this podcast goes on and as I talk to the other writers, I think that more will come out for all of us about like the nitty gritty parts of our stories and specific characters and things like that. But yeah, at this point, I mean, I'm waiting for November to get here so I can start writing. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of bad because I should be revising last year's book so that I can have that one done before NaNoWriMo starts. (laughs) 
but whatever. Yeah, that's for future Aaron. That's for 2020 Aaron. Well, no, I was hoping to start submitting it to agents before 2020. That's not going to happen, though. (laughs) (laughs) This has been absolutely delightful. I love getting a chance to open up your brain and look inside. Wow. Wow. That was almost as weird as when you talked about George Lucas putting his... Moon juice right into Star Wars. Huh? Ejected it right into it the Death so Star. It was so wet and hot mm-hmm. and American. Uh-huh. This podcast is weird. <laughs> Where can people find you on the internet? I am on Twitter and Instagram as at Unabashedly Aaron. And both of those profiles have links to the various podcasts that I do. Most of them with you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so if it seems like we're really, really comfortable with each other, it's just because we've done a bunch of podcasts together. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely not because <laughs> we've known each other for well over half our lives at this point. Good Lord. Yep. Well, on, on that note, time marches ceaselessly on. I am Wham James. I am legally liable for all of this. And we'll see you in November. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.